0: Welcome back to The Drop, the contest edition. I am your co-host, Stace Galbraith, and once again we'll be joined by Jake the Snake Patterson. We've just wrapped up a massive couple of weeks in Margaret River, and uh, the tour has been shrunk. We've cut 10 men and we have cut 6 women from the world tour. Those surfers will be showing up this week at Snapper Rocks and we are going to do an event preview. We're going to get a good look at the forecast and uh, get a look at some underdogs and some favourites. We're also going to throw some wild calls about who we think is going to qualify without even seeing a single heat surfed yet. Then shortly after this episode airs, it is a huge week in surf news. Mikey and Buck are going to take you through it all. But uh, mainly, keep an eye out for Stab in the Dark with Italo Ferreira. First episode out as we speak. Let's get into the show. The first challenger of the year. I'm looking forward to
1: this. I tell you what, this is going to be a standout to see what these young bucks have got to make it to the to challenge the big boys, basically. This is what it's all about,
0: Stacey. 100%. And what better venue to, to kick it off than my beloved uh, Snapper Rocks. Uh, I was deeply saddened when the uh, Quicksilver Pro no longer uh, existed here in uh, out the front, but, um, man, it's so good to have, you know, a pro surfing event in your hometown. Like, it's something that I think I hope every kid gets a chance in their lifetime to experience it because, like, just did the buzz like having everyone around all the filmers and different coaches from around the world and crew warming up yeah, it's an absolute bloodbath and there's people everywhere and you can't get <laughs> you can't get a wave but I think if you just resign yourself to the fact that it's going to be a circus for two weeks and just enjoy it for what it is it's it's such a cool thing to see like all these different crew from around the world like surfing your home spot it's so sick i love it i tell you
1: what i'm so bummed they got that swell that they had last week proper snapper at at, at four to six foot behind the rock you know the men would have stood up and really delivered and i don't know stace you're the local mate let's have a look at the forecast what are we looking at
0: well i mean to, to your point even on that of who can stand up and who sort of would be you know sitting on the shoulder i guess is the nicest way I can put it like we even had that with the women last year it was really only Steph and Malia that paddled jumped off the rock and sat behind the rock there really is a certain level of courage that you need to take off on a wave there and it would have been you're right it would have been awesome to see who who could uh you know tackle it because not only is the wave itself incredibly technical but they've got those rocks and everything and the wind and it's all it's so dramatic this wave so you're right i wish we did have that swell for this event it's really small right now so we will get another window of waves for the back half of this event so it's going to start on saturday is the first day of the waiting period now these challenger events have actually the numbers have dropped a fair bit so they've come down from i believe a round of 112 in the men down to a round of 80 and in the women it's gone from around a 64 down to around a 48 so it is like a really really condensed event they need four days and they've got an eight day window
1: that's beautiful isn't it and that's what they need i reckon
0: it can start saturday but i don't think it will um, I know that, you know, the contest organisers like everywhere around the world, they love to maximise the weekend crowd, but I'm just not seeing enough uh, in the forecast there at the moment for it, to, um, for it to fire up. What we saw last week when that swell came through was a two metre east-southeast, like 12, 13 second period ground swell, which is like perfect size for behind the rock. Just to give you like people that don't come here a lot or might have been watching it from home some like some idea of how it would look down the point, the direction of that swell and the size of it, really Kira wasn't even breaking. Like there would would have been some really fast, like running two footers down there, but two meters at that size and swell period is like perfect for behind the rock. Like Parko is given a nine and a half out of ten. And He's not the only one saying that. Like Lennox and all the points up here were just firing. So it's a a bummer that we didn't get that, but what we are gonna get for the contest window in the back half of the window is a, is a, a good solid south ground swell, about two and a half meters at 12 seconds, which is not too dissimilar to what we saw last week. The only problem is that there's a lot more south in this next swell coming. Now that's not the end of the world, but it does mean the current will be off its head you know like get your paddling arms on and it'll be really really like grinding barrels behind the rock and then just it'll just go into nothing like there won't be double ups down the line at all but the good news is as that system kind of moves up the coast the swell will drop but the angle of the swell is much better so the the next weekend and it's a little far away to be super confident but at the moment it's looking like a meter and a half of east southeast, 12 second period like, if that's not as fun as waves get for a comp, I don't know what is. And
1: and you can honestly say the bank at Snapper right now is probably 9 out of 10, right? Like, it is. Yeah. Like, it's the angle yep. of that sandbar, which is, like, in the past, it can have a huge hole next to the rocks and everything. But right now, it's absolutely perfect. So, even, like, a 2, 3-foot swell, it's going to be super, super fun, right?
0: Oh, 100%. It's, it'll actually be, like, perfect because the sand, like you said, it's so good that I think it'll be like a perfect canvas for high performance surfing and like combinations of turns like rolling down the point like we're going to see who can got the whole package from start to finish like it's not just going to be like a takeoff behind the rock barrel and then nothing and it's it's going to be big enough so that it's running the only issue that i can see at the moment in these earlier days is not just the swell size being a bit small but it's coming into obviously autumn and and you know these wind patterns in the morning are straight offshore like nice and cold they'll be it'll be the most beautiful days but the problem with the wind being straight offshore is it's like a devil wind up the points so westerly wind is not good for the points it's much better for the beach breaks like Debar south stradbroke island and and those type of waves so i'm a little bit worried about that but that's only in the first few days. Once that swell comes in, there's much more of a southerly pattern, and I think it's going to be super fun. Can't
1: wait. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly can't wait either. I'm going to be jumping on the sidelines against Snake, and I uh, can't wait to rip into all the action uh, as it's happened uh, right in front of me. But one thing that uh, is, is going to be on the minds of a lot of people, and I'm sure it's going to be on the minds of all the crew that just didn't make the cut in Margaret River, is... Who, who's going to scrap through the Changers to get back on tour for next year? Now, there's six events. There's Snapper, Manly, Bolito, the US Open, Brazil, and Iracira. So, they're all really quality events. Are they? Uh, are they, Stace? Are they all quality? Yeah. Come on, dude. Oh, absolutely. No, I love every single one of those events. Presents its own unique challenges. I'm f- I reckon that's a that's th- come on that's the best the schedules ever been. Come on,
1: Huntington can be the worst it can ever be for a surf event. But in saying that, it's part of the business. It's part of the business of pro surfing. But come on, oh. for quality waves, that's you can't say that. Sorry, Stace.
0: No, no, I'm going to hold strong here. Snapper is <laughs> a, a world tour event. Narabeen is a world class wave. Bolito can absolutely. Fire, and I've had some of my best times there. I think that wave is absolutely sick, like high fire air ramps from about 10 a.m. onwards. The joint is amazing. I can remember sending Ethan Ewing out to wax your boy Leonardo one day when it was firing out there. (laughs) Fucking great spot. Nah, (laughs) Go over to America, and if you want to make a career in surfing, you have to make heats at the US Open. Send them up to Iracira. It's basically like Bells Beach in Portugal. And then go down and finish in Brazil where the fans are just fucking mad. And it's like this the sickest zone to try and take it all in and figure out how the fuck to surf this backwashy piece of shit wave but <laughs> it's it's all part of the business (laughs) tell you what it's not it's not halieva into sunset i'll give you that it's not Eva into sunset but it's a pretty like well-rounded i think everyone will get their chances kind of tour i don't think it's like the qe of old where you know a lot of the small wave grinders just amass enough points before hawaii like i think it's really really well-rounded
1: yeah i'm calling two out of the six is um if eve but that that 's going to give some other opportunity for people that aren 't going to be strong at the point breaks and and so on and so forth it 's it's, it's going to be anyone that wins one of these events is pretty much assured of qualifying i 'm calling
0: yep 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 i I agree, and with them only counting four if you can find yourself up you know in the pointy end early on in the year you 're going to be looking really good. Sheldon Simkins got second on the Gold Coast last year, and he really didn 't make a heat after that all year and 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 that was i think. Probably the exception to the rule. I think in any other year where they're counting um, four results, getting into a final is going to leave you in a pretty good position.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Gabby won a prime. He won the Sakurima Prime, uh, well, sorry, Challenger Series last year. And so did Callum Robson. He won the opening one. And they finished Mm. 23 and 24 on the ratings last year, like from one Mm. event. They only surfed one event. So, you know what I mean? It's... You win one of these things and you're on you're the dream tour pretty much. So let's 100%. Geez,
0: who's who's going to do it, Stage? Who's going to make it? Mate, the good news is for the crew that didn't make the cut in WA, on the men, five of the 10 re qualified. And on the women, four of the five, or sorry, four of the six that got cut made the top four in which they take five. So. Like, the odds are looking pretty good if you've been cut. Like, you should really be thinking about booking your ticket to Pipeline in 2024.
1: (laughs) That's a long way. Haven't even had an event yet. You're already booking a ticket, I reckon, (laughs) if you just dropped off to a gutsy call.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got to be confident in yourself. Not like crew who book events uh, to leave early before they've even left. I'll always love that strategy. Um, But, no, on the men, Jiao, Liam O'Brien, Leonardo Ferriorenti, Geez, a lot of lot of L's in there. That kind of had me a bit twisted up. Ryan Callanan and Zeke Lau all did it. And then on the women, Molly, I know Katie knocked her spot back, but she still qualified twice in two years. Macy Callahan and Betty Sakura Johnson. Like that is. That's seriously daunting if you're someone who's just come out of the regional series and you're coming on to the challenges. Like, it's game on.
1: It is. And it's it's like the cream comes to the top, right? So it's like. If you've just come off tour, you're kind of eggy and you're still fresh and, you're, and you've and you got that CT mentality coming into these events. And if you still have that mentality and don't back um, backpedal into the challenges series of it all, still surf like you are on the CT, you sh- it should be a walk in the park for those top guys.
0: 100%. Now, that, that's the thing, right? Like, talk to us about the mindset of that. They've already been, say, like a Zeke Lau, young dad, just done two events in Australia where he really didn't, you know, just didn't hit his mark, how's the energy levels for these crew that have just coming off the tour and coming into Snapper?
1: No, I think they're excited. You know what I mean? Zeke did it last year, you know, he came to the exactly same scenario. He uh, didn't, didn't qualify at Margaret's, obviously, didn't make the cut. And then Bango, he straight at, at Snapper and he got a result, I think, a, a, a ninth or something. So... You know, I'm going through the list right now. There's a whole bunch of guys that are going to make this thing look super easy. Guys like Sammy Pupo, I reckon, with his power that he's generated and his big carve that he's that he's got, is going to be like a walk in the park. Jacko Baker, I think he uh, he won Newcastle this year, and he um, as a QS. So you know, these things should be pretty easy for him to to roll in through. I reckon and Dino should be able to do this thing. Switch foot. I yep. think he's going to qualify Switchfoot, yep. and I reckon Zeke <laughs> should should do it quite easily as well. Yep. Obviously, Zeke won the U.S. Open, so you know that should be a, a bad event for him, and he actually can perform really, really well at those other events that probably aren't suited to him as much. So, you know, they're they're the, they're my picks that should have the easy walk through. But then going through the you know the other list of guys is just like I think it's Evan Goselman's year to really make a showing. Um, I reckon. Oh, I like that call, Morgan. Morgan Sibley, I reckon he, you know, only just missed out again last year and after his top five the year before, I think he just way too good enough not to make it. And then the bloody yep. San Clemente mafia team, Jesus, the Crosby, Jet, oh my, Cade, wow. Cade, you know, um those guys one of those guys are gonna make it. I don't know who it is. Like they've got an inner little two percent crew busting their balls to try and make it. Look what they did in the regional um uh, American tour that they all won one each. Yep. If you remember, Jet won one, Crosby won one, um, Cole won one. I don't know. If, I don't know if Cade won one, but you know he was always up there. So you know those guys, one of those guys is gonna make it. So I don't know who, but you know the inner rivalry there will probably push one through. The Carlay Voss from oh, Tahiti, I, I reckon he's he's due. Matthias Herdy, I reckon he's the other one, and um, Eli Hanneman. So that's my little oh, and and. A, a guy, um, Dylan Moffat, you know, underground guy from, from Australia has kind of like, um, is just only huge turns that kid does. And I actually thought he was tipped to, to make it last year and he just fell short. Yep. But I reckon um, he's an outside chance again this year. For sure. And
0: people got a glimpse of him at uh, Bells Beach at, at Winky Pop and like he did not look out of place at all. Like he was throwing water around like it was nothing. So I, I love him as a, as a dark horse for sure. I mean, I've, I've got a real similar list of guys to you. I, I won't go through the whole lot. I'll just throw out a huge call because that's what I love doing. I, it's actually not a huge call at all. But I, I think if Sammy Pupo doesn't win the QS like quite easily, there's something going wrong. <laughs> like he might have broken a leg or something. Like He, he should just do this in so easy. Um, another guy that's just fallen off the tour, again, who I think – this leg of QS events really suited to him is Michael Rodriguez. Just his technique with his carving and, and he's so handy left and right. He's got all the airs that it, it, he should really do it pretty easy, I think. And then for my darkie, again, he's not really a darkie, but he's never qualified. But Jacob Wilcox has got to do it at some point. Why not it be this year? Um, I just think he's so world-class and uh, I'd, I'd be psyched, as I know you would be, Snake, to see a West Aussie on the tour. And then, yeah, getting getting over to the women, um, you know, we've rattled off the list of names of the crew that made it. Uh, are you going to throw out any any bold calls for the women's snake? Uh, I,
1: I am. I think there's going to be a couple of easy ones to go back in. Like a Macy, I think, is really suited for the tour. She knows what she's doing. And then you've got us. I don't know what's going to happen with Sally and Courtney and stuff. Whether they're going to commit to the to the whole challenges series or not, but. Those, you'd think their they're experience and stuff, and I'll go back to the men's side as well, all these guys rip and stuff, it's who's got the smarts to make it, if you get what I mean? I think that's where it, it all defines the guys that'll make it or not, because um, you, you've got to be able to get through those tough, tough heats, and, and the smart guys, you know, don't leave any stone unturned, and, and so, you know, you lifted off a bunch of guys there, and I'm just not sure if they've got the smarts to make it, so... Um, the women's side, I think, you know, the, the smarts of Sally Fitz and Courtney are going to dominate with the Macy. And, and the outside chances for the women, I think, and Erin Brooks, the, the goofy footer from um, America, like, she got, like, second in the men's at um, Padang Padang event for Ripkill. Curl. So, you know, she can do whatever, it, like, and the aerials she does in the wave pools, I think she'd have to be um, crazy. Not to make it, and uh, Vahine from Tahiti. I think she's going to be one to watch as well this year.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, hard to disagree with your picks there. And again, it's like it's quite the stats of it are, are quite positive for the for the women that have just fallen off. You know, particularly for someone like Macy, who's done the double duty the last couple of years. I fear for Courtney and Sally just because they've been so World Tour focused and World Title focused. Getting on the tour is a is a much different beast. Like, surfing four-woman heats out these waves with these hungry young, you know, competitors trying to take your spot, they don't care who you are or how many event wins you have. They're just, they're so in the zone. You know, young girls like Erin and, you know, you know, Sierra, I don't think, still in the events. But just that, that generation of girls is so hungry. They don't, they're not going to step aside for anyone. So I'm a bit worried that, like, Courtney and Sally just don't have the reps in the kind of QS mindset because it is a totally different beast to the CT. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how they go. And I think, um, you know, for, for, for me, similar to Evan Gilesman, they've been close a few times, and I think they've got to crack it eventually, uh, is Alyssa Spencer. Like, she's come... I think two spots out, two years in a row. She had a crazy l- year last year, won a won a challenger and got third in another one. So if she can kind of keep that ball rolling, um I, I can't see why that uh she wouldn't get over get over the line this year.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying about the uh like the Sally and the Courtney and that and another thing they're going to have to deal with is four women heats. If you go know what I mean that's a whole game changer like for priority and mistakes but that's what i think might benefit them if they can get their head into gear and that's why i'm saying about the smart surfers are going to survive because in a four a four person heat it's like any mistake is exaggerated because of the priority system so if you make a mistake with four four man priority or four women priority it it, it's like you're back of the line especially on a port break it's so gnarly so i'm expecting those to actually buckle down if the waves are really good and and actually put on a pretty good show.
0: Do you think that our development system is good enough for what the surfers then go on to on the world tour?
1: Oh, it's a great question, Stacey. So I, I, I don't think so. It's it's the same every year though. You get know what I mean? You, you it's like back when I qualified, you know, you're you're going around the world in the WQS, you're grinding away at all these beach breaks and and then, you know, you're surfing four-man heat, four-man heats all the way through to the final and no priority. And then all of a sudden, bango, you're, you're surfing a three-man heat priority um, against the top guys in the world that just eat you alive. And the, the, unfur- the unfortunate thing right now for these guys that are making it, they've only got five events to get used to it and then they, they get chopped. The Chop Chop, Uncle Chop Chop comes along and gives them the guillotine. It's like so heavy. <laughs> and, you know, back in our day, at least we had a whole year to try and you know, you surf the QS, you know, obviously to try and re- redo your spot because the first year is so hard to learn the system and to step it mm. up and do it, everything. Only very few guys can handle the pressure and, and and survive and make the, you know, the CT cut. But these days, you're a bottom seed. You get mm. five events to prove yourself. The first event's Pipeline, which is probably the hardest of them all. Yeah. And then Bango, you know, if you don't get a result there, you, 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 you're paddling, you know shit up upstream already so yeah you know everything's fighting against you you've got to be pretty talented to to bust through the the whole system
0: oh totally like it's it's very rare that you see someone come on and then just be at home straight away like it it does take a special talent to um to, to do that you know and like not very many do that like even Griffin he came on he got third at snapper but then he couldn't make a heat for ages after that you know, I think he needed to get, like, a second at the US Open, which was six months down the track, to find his mojo again. And it's really, um, yeah, it is. It's defi- it's difficult. And I think that I think that the QS or the Challenger Series is, I think it's nearly there. I think it's the closest it's ever been. Uh, it's a bummer that Eva's not on the list anymore, but I still think that the six events are pretty strong. They just need one heavy water QS or Challenger Wave, you know maybe a chili or a something just to kind of really give you know, guys like Evan Gosman or guys like, gee, I don't know, Carly Vast or like these other crew who have this skill set that you just never get to see until they make the world tour. And I think like a Jack Robo, he did well to even qualify, <laughs> full stop. And he had to do it in those type of events. So and that was obviously winning event like Pipeline to get him on the tour as a QS when he won the, the Vulcan Pipe Pro. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's just one heavy water wave and I reckon the, the, the challenges would be best ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they've done a really good job of, of uh, con, con, uh, constricting the field and making it like, a, as you said before, um, a shorter event for a longer window and you know it goes four man heat, four man heat, and then three man heat, and then man on man. So yep. you do the top guys will get that man on man experience a little yeah. bit. So yeah, definitely. It, and even they're they're trying hard to make it viable, yeah. so you're not just jumping into your first man on man heat ever. You know,
0: definitely. And they're not. They. I mean, there there isn't many legs anymore. But gee, even like even when my mates first started doing the QS, like it was like, oh, you'll start the year in Fernando Dino Ronya, and then the next event is manly. Like it just was like. <laughs> <laughs> How oh this is so unfair, but just sort of the way it was. But you're right, and the other thing, the other thing that they get experience with that I don't think is often thought about, but it's like man on man heats with priority with jet ski assistance. Like there are some crew that the first time they ride a jet ski is in a heat. Yeah, and just just little things like that go such a long way. Like I remember training a Muro Suzuki two years ago, and um, just sort of loosely said, "Hey, let's go do some step offs down at Fingal." And she was so worried about getting on a jet ski, and I just thought, well, hang on a minute. If you want to make the world tour, you have to do this. And it was sort of, you know, come to me then, like, man, that's probably not that uncommon for crew to be jumping on a ski for the first time in a heat, which would be terrifying. It's
1: pretty crazy, yeah. Huh?
0: You'd think that every
1: professional surfer these yeah. days has been on a ski, but in saying that, all these, especially the younger crew, is um, yeah, it's probably not too far fetched.
0: Right, well, that was a lovely section on uh, who we think's going to make it throughout the year. I think we better get into who's actually going to win this comp.
1: And saying that, I, I, with the forecast you've just said, if it, if it becomes a barrel riding behind the 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 rock, you get what I mean. Like um, we saw it last year, two local guys made the final for the men's. It was like um, Callum won it, and um, oh yeah, Sheldon got second. So. You get what I mean? If it's behind the rock barrels, the local guys have such an advantage. It is such a hard wave to negotiate. The backwash coming off the rock, knowing if you can run around, jump off the rock, and knowing which wave to take is a
0: huge advantage for those guys. So mm. um, I'll give you a recap of the forecast. I reckon one small day that everyone's going to have to grind through and figure it out. One sweepy, kind of barrely behind the rock day, but diamond in the rough kind of stuff. And then two to three days of, like, chest high, as fun as Snapper gets. Oh,
1: wow. So, you know, if a local guy can get to, like, the the, the finals, this thing, I'm going to be putting my money on those guys because if, it, if it's perfect Snapper or, you know, that day that you said mm. really south yep. and behind the rock, That they're yep. the key days that you need to know which one to take because – um, it 's crucial I saw
0: a video of you doing airs out there the other day you You, you clocked up a couple of nights at snapper didn't you
1: <laughs> I hated jumping off the rock, and I was very rare picking a good one behind the rock, but you know just the the sheer weight of um you know trial and error was is enough for me but
0: um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hey, we had a we had a local event here the other week, the Usher Cup, and Troy Brooks put everyone to the sword. It was amazing,
1: <laughs> sick.
0: Just some drainers behind the rock. It is all it all is all about the lineup and knowing which wave to go out there because, yeah, the the best ones look like closeouts, but they're the ones that they're the ones that you want. So it's sort of hard to go against your instinct there and, and actually go the wave. But um, I think that uh, like you said, if the crew can kind of get through that one big day, the, the locals will have an advantage because I think. I think there'll be a lot of, I don't know, like East, southeast. it That's when the, the double-ups come into play with the direction. So picking the wave that is going to get you down the line past little Marley and just give you more scoring opportunity, that's that's where it's going to set everyone apart is getting them on the best waves. But, Snake, there's 80 men and 48 women. I want you to pick one of each who's going to win.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to pick... Uh... A Crosby-Colopinto for the men. And for the women, I'm going to throw um, a Bronte McCauley. Oh, I
0: like it. She's due for a big win. She's so due. Well, she's just come off
1: a good result at Margaret's, like third as a wild card and won the trials here and full of confidence. She rides CHD surfboards. It's like, you know, DH's local spot. The boards will be all fine-tuned and it'll be, uh yeah, 100%. Ready. Hundred
0: percent. Okay, I like it. I'm going to go with my, with my Sammy Pupo call. I just think he's just too, too strong and too well rounded, and I think he's someone that, as shattered as he was to not make the cut, I do think he's kind of, hopefully young enough to just drop it and move on, and and I really think that uh, he, he's going to come on pretty pretty strong here, and I think
1: he claims too much, mate. He claims too much. Oh, come on.
0: That's fine. I, I don't mind a bit of passion steak. <laughs>
1: You can't go claiming six-point rides, mate. Oh, i reckon have even it fucking se- drives me up the wall. I
0: reckon I've even seen him claim a 483, if I'm honest. <laughs>
1: that's
0: yeah. Yeah, it means a lot. I know
1: he's passionate,
0: but come on.
1: Oh. We're all passionate, but, like, you know, claim it. claim something when it really counts, not just every single wave because you finish it. It's so, like, is there any truth to Kelly's terrible.
0: claim jar that it, every decimal, um, hundredth of a decimal point under a nine that you claim, <laughs> it's a dollar? So if you say for it if be. you claim a seven eight three, you owe hundred and seventeen dollars into the claim jar. <laughs> should we start that up? Yeah,
1: uh, well, I'd love to, mate, because it it'll be you know. I've seen a lot in my, in my time, but I've claimed a couple of waves here and there, but it's like, God, it's, it's watching, the, watching the events these days, it gets a bit ridiculous.
0: <laughs> you barely claim the 9-5 coming out of that backdoor pit to win the Pipe Masters. No, oh, I
1: claimed the shit out of that thing. Don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop that one in there. No, look... Um... I, I still think, claims aside, even if he throws a shoulder out claiming too hard, I still think he's just too talented enough on the wave face and he's uh, he's uh, going to get it done. And then on the women's side, it's a bit trickier. I don't have an exact uh, standout, but I think, that, um, I think that Sophie McCulloch was really unlucky not to get a, a mention for a wild card. She had an injury to start the year and then in the events that she surfed in, she got quarters, which is not, not an easy thing to do on the women's tour. So... I think she's she's going to be coming into this event with a real point to prove, uh, so I'm going to go Sophie uh, McCulloch uh, for the for the win there, Snake.
1: Wow, that's a big call. Yeah. I like it though. Yeah,
0: she's from the from the sunny coast. There's some fat Burgery right-hand points up there, and she does come down here a lot. So it's um it's uh yeah it's it's uh, I think. Uh, Hopefully something that'll play into her favor. What about uh, some underdogs, mate? You got anyone on that list that maybe no one's ever heard of that you might say could uh, could go all the way?
1: Oh, ne- not never heard of, but my underdog would be the the Dylan Moffat for the men. I think I really like the way that kid surfs, and I don't think no matter who he's surfing against, he doesn't get, like, uh, overawed. Like, he just goes, oh, I've got, you know, I've got Kelly Slater and Mahita. He just goes, oh, well, I'll, I'll smash him. You know what I mean? He's not too overawed. Um... And from the, the women's side, I, I, I really like Erin Brooks. I, I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure the world's heard of her, but this will be her first year at competing, I think. She's only super young, mm. but her talent is incredible. So yep. she's, she's my pick. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally, I like it. Uh, on the men's side, I'm going to go with one of your old stable, um, stable mates, uh, Eitan Osborne. Um, wow,
1: I like it.
0: He's gnarly. He's staying in Ryan Haywood's unit right on top of the hill there at Snapper. And he's having a good time and he's just living the dream. And I, I'm backing his whole setup. And in the women's side of things, local, local lass, Kobe Enright. It's her time to shine. Um, she came through the regionals this year as the number one Australian rated surfer out of this region. She usually get, wins the trials down at Bells. So crew might have seen her surf some heats down there. Uh so I think uh, Kobe and Wright uh, in the in the women's.
1: It's pretty hard to pick one out of eighty guys, isn't it? It's
0: like holy oh, shit. Oh we're gonna look legendary. Throwing us under the bus. Yeah, I think if someone gets like a fifth, I'm gonna be cheering one of our picks. But you are a hard taskmaster and it is wins only, but I'm still gonna have a little little fist pump claim, Sammy Poopo claim, if uh any of these any of these picks get uh get anywhere near the, near up. Survival is the key,
1: mate, and the smarts I think for these events is like uh who can get through those? It's going to be iffy heats. That's for sure. It's the it's the challenger series. Like there's going to be a dead low tide somewhere, and the you know one of these top dogs are going to be out there, and it's going to be inconsistent. And
0: it's survival. You know,
1: you can't win the event first round, but guess what? You can definitely lose it.
0: Oh, that's that's my favorite saying of yours. I reckon I've written a few down, but that's definitely um, <laughs> definitely my favorite. Um, why don't we get into some uh, snake story time? You have come to this event. A billion times. You're lucky enough to retire here, right?
1: Yeah, I was. Like, uh, well, quick, Quicksilver ran the event. I had actually, Mick Fanning, I had beat Andy in the 33rd round for a man on man heat and then got my ass handed to me by Mick. But, you know, what a, what a privilege it was. Mick carried me up the beach and, you know, for my last heat ever in a, in a CT. And, uh, yeah, I retired at, at, at uh, the Quickie Pro back in, geez, 2007.
0: Sick. So good. I think um, I was spotting that event as a Grom. I remember me and Eli Jacobs, a <laughs> mate of mine, that was our, that was our job. Uh, and, uh, man, what's the best heat you've ever seen there, you reckon, at Snapper?
1: Oh, my God. There was a heat with Mick Fanning and Josh Kerr. I think Josh Kerr had, had Mick Fanning comboed with about four minutes to go, and then Mick turned the heat around <laughs> in four minutes and comboed Josh Kerr. It was, like, a, an unbelievable. And Kersey was pretty cocky and it was... Like thought he had Mick on toast, but then you went no. Mick just went no, 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 kid. I'm the muster. Yeah, you <laughs> might you might have been up the, um, the
0: surf club by that point. That was 2007, so you were out of the draw. You might have been one of those people yelling from the uh, yelling from the deck.
1: How good the surf club overlooking Snapper having a, a coldie. It's like one of the best oh. amphitheaters in the whole surfing world. I think Snapper Rocks like at four, mm. three to four foot behind the rock. You sit there. And it's just like a, it's a, it's a dream. I, I, that's what I miss about the tour that, that way for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. And yeah, they, they do this wicked thing where they extend the deck like three meters and it just becomes the world's best, you know, they close the road and it just becomes the world's best viewing platform. And the challenger this week, like it looks like a CT, same as last year. The setup's amazing. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be epic. You are, you definitely stole my thunder there with that best heat you've ever seen because that, that's my number one too. That heat was in incredible how gnarly and electric the atmosphere was on the beach um couldn't you know Mick just eye the tiger first world title year won that event and then went on to win the world title like he was just in the fucking zone and um that's where it all started for him bloody nuts but
1: yeah you get what I mean he could have lost that heat if he had given up Mm. if you get what I mean so he's comboed with four minutes to go and instead of like crumbling. He just goes, no, no, not on my watch. This is my spot.
0: Crazy enough, Kersey did a club sanger at at the end of that heat, like one of the first ever club sandwiches that like had sort of been done in a heat. You know what I mean? Like, people have been doing them in their video parts and stuff, but he kind of has like a wave in just raced into this section with all this anger after just thinking like how did I let that one go and just did the most ridiculous like upside down turn in the lip everyone had just written him off and then he just rode out of it and the whole surf club just went absolutely bananas um that was like the craziest way to finish off that heat there was he needed like a 9.8 something and obviously wasn't going to get it but it still was like the most drama filled heat but the, the other one for me that stands out was when Reynolds put parko to the sword and parko oh yeah that was like heartbreaking uh, for me as a kid like
1: <laughs> i remember dane coming in and uh, oh no parko coming in and he just goes it was just a matter of time i just wish it wasn't for me because dane was always like <laughs> never really put a heat together yeah and then that heat dane was just like freelance this is an expression session yep. everything stuck and Paco just came in and just went oh god yeah <laughs> it was just like oh, why Why did I have to be in that heat Yeah, you know? yeah. but that was incredible to watch
0: 100% I, I've seen you coach Dane there over the years like what's he like to work with oh
1: he's horrible <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like competing like in any kind of structure if you get what I mean I'm all about structure and and uh, you know doing you know the most percentage things of all kind of thing um, yeah that I, I only coached him for that one event and it was just like um the event should have been run at D-Bar like five days in a row and they were still waited every day for... That's the year Freddie ran up onto the rock. It was the Freddie, Freddie Patashia year that he he rode his board up into the rock because, you know, he waited six days or something and, and D-Bar was absolutely pumping every single day and they waited for one to two-foot snapper, which was horrible. And Dane was eggy that they ran and he had Mick and it, it was just a, you know, he was already pretty much given up when he paddled out kind of thing because he goes... Fuck, You know, I've been mean, having the best fun at Snapper, like getting 10 to 12 waves in half an hour. And then you go to D-bar, I mean, go to Snapper, one or two foot, reverse sweep, just, yeah, horrible. And he didn't like any of my coaching tips. <laughs> so I got sacked
0: then and then. Oh, that is so, so funny. But yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a good point on the whole Snapper-D-bar thing. And it is it is simple as the Queensland government sink a lot of money into this event. And they don't want the, they don't want the event run in New South Wales and, and D-bar's technically New South Wales. So that's why, um, the, you know, the contest directors have just, every time the forecast turns to shit here, it's the absolute last thing they want to do. They do that. It's like the cardinal sin for running an event at Snapper, um, you know, but there are some years where there just, there is no other option. Um, and that year was, was probably one of them. They probably could have got the event done there, but they definitely like to wait it out to the death but um yeah it's an it's an amazing spot and like again like i said at the start if you're lucky enough to have a a big contest like this in your hometown i think it's so so good for like the youngsters in the area and all the other coaches from this area and all the other filmers and everyone you just get to see the best of the best in your front yard and um yeah i can't i can't wait for this thing to fire up what did we we miss, Snake? I don't know, what's on your list? Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of it. I was my, my my main point was to see like that who didn't qualify last year on the tour that then made it again. It's kind of baffling how fucking much the tour guys has come on and smoked everyone.
1: I think it's going to be the same again, Stacey. I think like this yeah. year, like, and with the women's and the men's, whoever didn't qualify, I reckon the old girls are going to do pretty good again on this thing with Sally and the Courtney's yeah. are going to dominate because of the smarts that they have. But um yeah. Yeah, I, you, you know what I mean? Coming onto this thing, I, if I was uh, a new guy coming onto the tour, I, I would think there's five spots to make. You know what I mean? Instead of ten, there's five. Yep. And for the women, there's probably one or two. It's pretty gnarly. It's, mm. it's full bottlenecked because the top girls are so much more elite than the, than the bottom girls. So that's my call. Be smart, surf smart,
0: and deliver. What boards are you taking to snap a rock, Snake? Oh, Short, curvy boards for sure um same same
1: board as the pool uh no not necessarily because you know snapper rocks goes down the line and the pool goes like um in towards the beach if you know what i mean so you don't it's it's a bit different um too much curve at the pool can really hinder you so especially on your backhand i feel at the pool like you need a little bit flatter but you know at snapper rocks especially with the bank the way it is it's like you need a curvy board because you need to fit tight in the pocket and you need to squeeze turns in when it, when it's low tide. Um, yeah, that's my my, that's my call. Get a, get a local shaper like a DH or a, or a JS, a little sharp eye maybe, and um, go rip the bags out of it. Confidence is key. So. Mm. Can't
0: wait for it to start. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned Sharp Eye there. Obviously, Marcio from San Diego via Brazil. But the head shaper here for Sharpie Eye in Australia is Brendan Lecky, who grew up in Palm Beach and is, yeah, one of the one of the best surfers when he was a youngster. And like you know, to get a Sharp Eye, if you can get your hands on one, um, is definitely, yeah, probably get shot for saying that Sharp eye is a local shaper. But as far as who they have working for them here. He's just as on the ball as as, as any of the other labels. So they're they're sharper.
1: Yeah, the local factory is what I'm trying to say, like, as sharp eye. I know, not as a, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. But I think a lot of people probably don't realise that. Like, and, and not every local factory or licensee has someone like Brendan. You know, like, he's very, like top of the line obviously the Gold Coast has a lot of great shapers and then Brenda's one of them so it's like um, yeah it's, it's, it's f- a blessing for Sharpie to, to have him I think and, and it's a blessing for the team like a Rio or a Kanoa or whoever these guys are that are coming through and doing these types of events um, they can lean on someone like that because you know I think that's like the modern era of like surfboard manufacturing like you have these different ports that you can lean on and, um, you know, the Gold Coast is, is definitely one of them. But um, I'm harping on about Sammy Pupo this podcast, but we did notice that in WA he had, and Bells, he had been trying a few JSs. And um, then you've got other guys that are coming here from around the world, like Coley Vast, Matthias Hurdy, they all ride JSs. Um, it's um, yeah, definitely a good spot to be on Yeah, DH or JS or any one of the other local shapers from here. My biggest thing with, with these types of waves is watching crew decide between riding an epoxy and a, and a PU. Um, had you got a preference for this wave at, say, three-foot snapper? Yeah, I,
1: I always told my guys never to ride a epoxy board. When I was coaching the guys on the QS, I, I think it compromises your turns too much. Sure, if it was manly and it was like one to two foot, and you needed the extra buoyancy blah 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 but snapper no chance because everyone thinks they rip on epoxy but what it does is makes a really good surface surf average and an average surface surf good so um i stole that from mayhem but uh you get what i mean it 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 makes you feel like you're fully electric and and you feel like you're ripping but no water comes off your board um so Mm. I, i don't know I way, way prefer the people to to man up and use a, a PU and and deliver big spray turns and use rail properly totally
0: no'm I'm, I'm, I'm with you and I think the competitors they will have a hard choice to make in those opening rounds if they do decide to get some heats done in that first part of the window because like I said earlier the the waves will be fun there will be waves around town but the wind for snapper in the mornings will be that devilly kind of chattery lip which, it's like epoxy size, but then when you look at the shape of the wave and what it's doing, an epoxy board in those type of conditions, it's just the, oh, yeah, like you said, you don't throw any water and it doesn't have any impact in the lip. And if the lip's already feathery and a bit kind of crinkled from the wind as it is, yeah, I'd be leaving the epoxies in the board bag for certain.
1: Good air wind for the boys, though, though, and some of the girls, for sure,
0: like that little crumbly up-the-face kind of You kind of a little. I used to... You kind of want it more north. For for that to be the case, I, I think with a straight west, it's just fucking dog shit. It's just the shittest wind. Yeah. You really just get get, yeah, the, okay. get the jet ski and go stratty. Like it is. It <laughs> <laughs> but um no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a fun week all round. I um I really appreciate your time, Snake Man. I'm happy to be back on the East. I miss the West couple of the boys are still over there going absolutely loony bins. We could probably share more on that later, but I know that uh, you've been uh, keeping a close eye on Griffin, Mikey and Kale for me and uh, heard they've been going pretty hard.
1: Oh my God. I have just seen a couple of the clips last night when I had dinner with the boys and uh, Griffin landed a couple of crazy ones and Cale uh, almost landed the biggest flip ever seen. <laughs> Almost.
0: <laughs> I think uh, we call, what we call that one is the old uh, fake make from the water, Snake.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could have almost got away with the fake make for sure. But um, I, yeah, it was one of the ones that got away because he actually had it. He was riding out and a little bit of thing bumped him off. Yeah. So it was a bit devoid.
0: Absolute pleasure, Snake. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, mate, I'll keep you posted with some daily updates.
1: All right, so it's been a pleasure,
0: mate.